Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Concept Spectrum podcast. Uh today joining me are Utkarsh and Sanjay. Hello. Hello guys. So uh this is uh episode 3 of our continuation for disruptive technologies and my choice of disruptive technology today is energy storage. Now uh the reason I think energy storage is one of the biggest problems in the world is because as much as we want to move to uh, renewable resources for generating uh, our energy requirements we are just not doing the uh, efforts that are needed to store that amount of technology and that i think uh, increases our dependence on renewables a lot now uh, another reason for me to select this uh, as my disruptive technology is because one of my favorite companies also works in the same area and i'm talking about no other company than tesla with their solar city and solar roof and power packs and uh, u- even uh, utility scale applications as they have deployed the world's uh, largest battery pack in southern australia So uh let's let's just uh, look at basic statistics here from the last one or two decades. So uh the global installation of wind power capacity went from 17000 megawatts in the year 2000 to 563000 megawatts in 2018. Uh if we look at the solar uh the solar energy capacity went from 1250 megawatts in the year 2000 to 485000 megawatts in 2018 now uh as a as one of the questions uh we always need to ask is if we are um the if these are the numbers that uh we are producing then why are we still so heavily reliant on the fossil fuels and let me tell you guys this these numbers only represent less than 10 to 15% of our global energy consumptions so uh what what do we need to do to basically make um our energy production more sustainable now uh we in the last podcast uh we talked about uh sustainability as a corporate policy so guys if you haven't checked out checked out that podcast please go ahead and give that a shot uh coming coming back to renewables so even even when we are ex- uh, expected we have seen a 700% increase in uh the uh, total capacity for renewable resources uh the, these numbers are not yet complete these numbers are still about to grow and they are expected to grow another 50% of the existing capacity over the la- over the next 5 years but it's still not enough right in from your uh point of view it's it's definitely not enough we we haven't even reached 15% capacity so even doubling that we might even be able to just target like 20% capacity but uh I I feel if we have to reach a complete sustainable system that is carbon neutral or basically uh produces energy as much as it consumes we also we can't just rely on how we produce energy what we also have to re- uh, think about how we consume it how we how we store it and I think storage is a very big problem today uh i have a question like in between storage i also want to talk about how for example you talked about tesla so now tesla makes electric cars right so they are using the batteries power which they have stored in the battery and that you are using that's how they're reducing they're not using the car like they're not using the gas right 
so now how how would other appliances or even like for example if i if you talk about if i have stored enough energy in a uh in a battery now if i want to use that energy maybe in an airplane um so that's something which the system or the integrated system that also needs a big change when you talk about you would require a huge amount of uh, energy to store in a battery to run an aeroplane right right so That's basically what... the limitation for the current batteries that are uh, present today they yeah. would need to be four to five times more in terms of energy density to sustain a long uh, flight journey uh, because uh, uh, the the amount of energy that is required for a uh, airplane to work is is definitely four to five times than uh greater than any other uh energy consumption vehicle also right. uh we we were talking about uh how tesla is implementing battery technology so uh one one thing to consider about that is even though you might be charging your car using electricity but uh when you think about sustainable generation and storage of electricity you also need to consider where the uh electricity is generated from basically you are using the grid to charge your car and uh, even uh, today's traditional uh, battery storage it's they are using lithium ion and lithium ion uh, as good as it is in our f- cell phones in our laptops electric cars it has a wide variety of application but uh, i d- i really don't think that current lithium ion batteries will be able to uh, sustain the utility grid applications or uh the kind of applications that ma- ma- major cities would need are these the same batteries they use in tesla cars so uh although the chemistry might be different on the battery construction but basically uh tesla is st- tesla is also using uh, lithium ion based technology okay. uh the cell phone batteries that we use samsung yeah, uh, yeah. dell lenovo yeah. okay got it so so uh, a very big reason for why lithium ion batteries might not work for utility grade applications is because uh basically extraction of lithium and uh the manufacturing process for a lithium battery for utility grade application is very expensive although costs have been falling uh f- like for example just like uh, photovoltaic uh, panels have been dropping in price so has the lithium uh the energy for lithium ion batteries but i still think it needs to go like uh, 10 to 15 times the current price point to actually make sense for a utility grade application also uh lithium ion batteries are suffering from uh big big drawbacks like you you guys remember the incident with samsung note 7 or yeah. initial uh uh tesla cars which just caught on fire out of nowhere right yes right right yeah so that is one of the major drawbacks of lithium ion batteries the electrolyte in the batteries is stored in the liquid form and this liquid is very flammable also uh, also you might have noticed that when you're using your phone for more than 2 years uh that phone doesn't hold the amount of charge it's it used to hold once upon a time or basically when it was new 
yeah where where in your right. where in your new phones can uh, r- last you an entire day but your old phones can barely make it through the day and they just are even though they function very nicely but they are just not able to hold their charge this is another uh, very big drawback of lithium ion battery because they they lose the ability to hold charge over time uh, now uh, why they lose the ability to hold charge is because of us uh, um three dimensional uh structures that form in the battery due to repeated cycles called dendrites and which make it very hard for the battery to actually allow the flow of current okay oh so so you're saying that uh, for the lithium ion charged batteries there are two challenges at first the depletion rate is high as well as the capacity to hold the energy yes. is also low as well so there are two edge sorts uh, sorts that uh, we deal with also also there is the fire hazard <laughs> yeah but are they yeah that's the <laughs> but i'm assuming they are cheaper the lithium ion batteries yeah so they are getting cheaper by the day yeah. but they still are not as cheap enough okay. to make sense for a utility scale application uh, um, no my understanding is like because as you, as it's being used extensively in the at least in the phone market uh, i want to i was just trying to understand like what is the reason behind using like there should be some advantages right so i'm assuming i thought cost could be one of the advantages so uh since lithium ion batteries have been around f- since like a century yeah. uh the uh, the construction or the manufacturing process has gone down significantly and the cost to produce a lithium ion battery is really low also uh it's it's like uh technology has been developed to modify the chemistry and hold more charge but then the basic limitations of a lithium ion battery which is fading to uh, hold the charge over time flame, uh, the liquid electrolyte being inflammable is is the one are, are some of the things that might hold a lithium ion battery back okay okay got it so Now, there must be a, another alternative to these batteries So absolutely uh so f- one of the re- areas of research uh is a solid state battery so basically what they are trying to do is instead of a liquid electrolyte they are trying to replace it with solid uh, solid electrolyte which basically uh, might uh just end the problem of dendrites base and what that means is your phone might hold the charge for long and might last longer time like instead of just lasting 2 years it might last you 4 or 5 years also solid state batteries uh, you can actually reduce the size of the battery since uh, the smaller batteries can hold the same amount of energy density so you you kind of uh, are uh, fixing two challenges uh, with solid state batteries but uh, in order to go to utility scales we also have to look at some of the options that are actually going the non lithium uh path okay okay so uh one of the options would be flow batteries now i know this is still a chemical based uh battery solution but uh, the biggest advantage of a flow battery over lithium battery i would say is the electrolyte is still liquid but it is not flammable oh okay so, so it's not uh, basically no dendrites yeah. Yeah. So so basically no dendrites since uh it is not using uh lithium ion technology it is not flammable and the capacity 
the capacity to hold charge over time is not as bad as lithium ion batteries so uh, if you if you want to talk about companies that are currently working with this or that recently have made uh, developments or are currently deploying projects one of those would be primus power uh, primus power is established in 2009 they are using a zinc bromide chemistry now they just received 100 million dollars in funding and what they have done is uh, it's a flow battery but unlike a traditional flow battery it only uses one tank of electrolytes so uh, what a flow battery is going to do is uh, the electrolyte is going to flow uh, in the uh, construction chamber, basically where your cathode and anode are there in the battery. And since y- y- it is not limited or it's not tightly packed like a lithium-ion battery, if you just want a bigger battery, just install a bigger tank. So I feel this has a big potential for utility-scale applications. It, uh, just imagine uh, a huge or, or a big battery that can basically charge when your solar panels and your wind farms are producing enough energy to uh, so that it, it has surplus energy to spare. And when the sun sets and the sun is not shining anymore or the wind is not blowing anymore, so this basically will help you to manage the uh, energy consumption demand on, in the peak hours. Okay. That's interesting. But it's been a long time since I heard these terms, cathode and anode. <laughs> yeah, even me. The last time I heard was in yeah. either in engineering or in school or in college. I think it was in our first year of uh, engineering when oh, we learned yeah. chemistry. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So this is these. So these batteries are the future to uh, solve this energy problem, which I guess is one of the biggest problems that we have. And we need to solve it as soon as possible. So uh, to answer that question, batteries are going to help us uh, solve the energy storage issue to a certain level. Now, uh, when it comes to mega cities of the world, wherein you have millions of people living in the same city and the power consumption is just enormous. In in these cases, I think uh, you need bigger solutions than these. And uh, what what we are uh, talking about right now is currently 96% of uh, the mechanical storage power comes from pumped hydro. Now, pumped hydro is basically when there is excess energy on the grid, uh, water reservoir is filled at a higher height. And when there is demand in energy, it's just the water is allowed to flow into a turbine and which generates electricity. Now, there is a company that takes this idea to a very interesting scale. It's called Energy Vault. So uh, what Energy Vault does is it's a gravity-based uh, energy storage solution. So basically no chemicals involved, no uh, electrolytes, no batteries. But how the system works is they have, uh, they have small bricks of 35 tons which are moved up and down by cranes. When you have excess energy on the grid, these uh, these cranes are going to stack these blocks on top of each other, basically like storing energy into stacking the blocks. Okay. And when you have demand in the grid, these blocks yeah. are then lowered down and the energy is used. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, and uh, this, this company currently is... Uh, 
has funding from SoftBank. It has uh, funding from Bill Gates Foundations. And basically, it also has plans with uh, India's Tata Power Company oh. in the recent future. Oh, so what do you think if you compare the battery and thus as per your personal results, what do you think which one has more potential? So I think uh, I think energy storage market is a is a is a very big market, and if if we think about one solution that fits all, it is not going to be the case. So I think there are going to be a few winners in this case, wherein. Uh, on the on a very big scale, these uh, mechanical solutions are going to be uh, applicable. On a little smaller scales, you you might see microgrids, which basically have a small cluster of batteries, and the system is installed in such a way that each microgrid is part of a bigger grid, and hence you kind of establish a distributed grid kind of a structure, wherein the grid is producing and consuming power at the same time by and basically by storing excess power in energy storage solutions and consuming it later on. I feel like that if you see the Fortune 500 companies, yeah. the top 10 or top 20 always has those oil and coal Correct. companies. But I feel like this will be the first, uh, uh, if someone, if a company can manage to solve this problem, will be the first $100 trillion company. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. That's, absolutely, that's a sure absolutely. Sure. Because... Yeah. Because uh, just the energy storage market is expected to bring in $620 million of investment in the next 5 or 10 years. So it this market has a huge growth potential. Right. And if you look at uh, the not only for cars, but it can have great implications on our space travel. When you launch a rocket, there's so much fuel that goes on. And right now... Uh, uh, we have SpaceX, which has their own technology, which from which they are trying to reuse their own uh, propulsion jets. Yeah. And this will help in solving so many problems that it just not, not only will affect our daily life, but it can affect our future. No, uh, I totally... Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree because I do believe if, if any of these companies are able to pull that in a... In a larger scale, they're gonna be really big because energy is like the is the real money right now. So, guys, one of the one of the questions we might want to ask ourselves is why do, why do we want to do this? Why do we want to move away from uh, these uh, fossil fuels? So, basically, two thousand nineteen was the year wherein many many countries actually observed one of the highest temperatures recorded. With Poland at 102 Fahrenheit, Germany at 101, Southern France, UK, Alaska, Australia, all recording the highest recorded temperatures in in like the last century or something. So uh, it's it's basically high time that we take action and we we do something about our energy crisis. Yes, yeah, you are correct. It's 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 yes. it's growing like. It's growing. We have to stop this. There will be, but I, to to be frank, I do believe that it cannot. Obviously, it's not going to stop in one day. It's going to be small steps, baby steps, and I do believe these are not even baby steps. These are big steps towards, uh, towards that change. And and we can we can see this change happening already. Uh, India has uh aimed to, uh, move to renewable resources for energy generation 
by 2035, up to 30 to 35 percent. Uh, that's that's the target they are setting for by 2030 to 2035. Uh, even California by 2030 uh, is aiming for a lot more reliance on solar technology. By 2020, every house is required to have uh, some form of energy storage or production when 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 a new house is constructed. Okay. So I think. Uh, there is there is a major uh, movement going on. There is a lot of government support from uh, many of the countries in the world. So I think we we should be able to do this. Yes, yes. If you make uh, if you make this technology cost effective and uh, can be uh, available for uh, normal people to use these technologies to use the energy stored through solars or winds, that would be the breakthrough that we need to solve this problem. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think small scale energy storage solutions need to be a lot more cheaper or not a lot more affordable. You you can't expect people to have their own uh, energy storage solution when the, uh, they are so super expensive that uh, it's it's just not affordable. So I think uh, the cost needs to go down a lot more, and uh, governments around the world also have a role to play in this because. Uh, as in the United States, you get uh, subsidies for installing solar, installing wind. So uh, I think I think uh, government support is also a v- very important process. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Right. So nice, cool, interesting, exciting future to look forward to if we can yes, solve this. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. we we definitely are looking at a future wherein we have abundance of energy and we are not damaging our environment we are not uh, we are basically carbon neutral system wherein we have plethora of energy sources so all right guys uh please like this podcast subscribe to our channel and if you want to hear about more disruptive technologies please let us know in the comments below and see you next time see you next time guys thank you guys bye bye